0: Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line. And now, here are
1: your hosts, award-winning influencer and pioneering author of seven books, Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University.
2: A lot of you CX, the big names, put you into a company where It's badly broken. You're looking at 2,000 contact center agents whose morale is through the floor because the calls in the queue are going crazy. They have no digital information. They have no information to help customers. They're not empowered. I'd love to think, one of you guys fix that, then I'll respect the way you tell other people how to do CX. The
0: best way of training people, it's a mixture of theory followed by practice. That's the only way that it sort of seeps into people's brains and you can understand
1: it. Does it involve the word crumpets? Because if so, then yes. <laughs>
0: crumpets are lovely, I have to tell you. <laughs> hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. We have Judge Professor Ryan Hamilton. The motion is, we should stop all CX accreditation now. For the motion is Alex Mead, and against the motion is yours truly, Colin Shaw. So hi, everybody. We have Alex Mead on the show with us today. If you haven't been reading Alex's comments on LinkedIn, you should. The thing I really like about Alex is that he's mixing things up and he has a different view of life. So Alex, do you want to start off by just
2: introducing yourself and telling people who you are? Absolutely. So I studied computer systems, but my first real job after the usual jobs you do when a youngster was as a customer service agent with a headset on for a water utility company where 90% of the calls were complaints. Do you know what? I'm quite good at empathizing with customers and calming them down and making them realize I will own their issues and trust me, I'll do what I can. But I also realized, God, the way I'm not able to help these customers is ridiculous. So I would do things that didn't really go the way they should. I would phone customers back when I wasn't supposed to. And and since that time, I've grown up and became a team leader, supervisor, all, all the upward steps but I've I went through uh, CRM digital omni channel and then along the way this phrase customer experience came along and I literally am now leading the setup of digital customer service experience for a brand new startup in the Middle East and I have a strong opinion that Custom experience is causing issues just by its very use of the phrase custom experience. So I'm a customer service experience champion who tries to point out that I don't think custom experience is working.
0: Great. And that really, really helps position things. And again, the thing that I like about uh, Alex, and I've read a lot of his posts, is that he's coming at this from a practical position which I think is really important because it's about what we do rather than what we talk about. So one of the posts that Alex wrote was, there was actually a vote on this, which is we should stop all CX accreditation now, and it caught my interest. And therefore, what we're going to do is we're going to have a bit of a debate like we did with uh, Tracy Sherman a few weeks ago. And this is, again, in the spirit of a phrase that all the listeners will know that I love, which is, none of us are as clever as all of us. If we all agree with everything that's out there, we don't make progress. I think that the good thing that Alex is doing is he's mixing things up and has got different views on things. And hence, I wanted to bring him on the show and open the conversation up,
1: basically. So, Ryan, you're going to be the judge, as usual. I mean, from my perspective, I think the great thing about this is that you've given me complete power to <laughs> decide whatever I want to in the situations. So I can tell you, I'm already leaning towards declaring myself the winner of this debate, um, <laughs> even though I'm not officially taking a position on any side. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we can start with some opening arguments. So, Alex, if you wouldn't mind, I think since you brought the resolution, why don't you give us your your best arguments for why we should. Do away with all
2: CX accreditations. Okay, so clearly it's a a very uh, mass statement, all CX accreditation, but I don't claim to know all. But those that I see, I've never been through the course, the learning, but I've heard from many people that tell me it focuses on journey mapping, customer insight, analytics, personalization. That is all well and good. but customer experience to me is made up of two very clear things. Two very simply clear things as customer service experience, which is, hey, I have a question about buying something. Or I have a question about something I've bought. When's it coming? Or I have a question about I've received it. I don't like it. I want to return it or I don't know how to use it. That's all customer service experience. And that means making sure you have great contact centers, you have great digital, you have great social media, you have great CRM. You have great empowered staff who can own your issues. And stop you sitting in call center queues. You don't want to sit in because you don't want to be phoning in the first place. Stop you having forty-five minute web chat sessions because the agent is talking to five other customers at the same time. And then finally, when you talk to that agent, because of the the lack of CSX thinking, you say to the agent, "Okay, that parcel I haven't got it. Uh, Can you tell me what's happening?" They say, "I've got no more information than you, mate. It's with our third party logistics." (laughs) Excuse me, I didn't order from a third-party logistics company, I ordered from you. Tell you what, Ms. Agent, Mr., Mrs. Ms. Agent, can can you phone me back? Can you own this issue and let me know when you're gonna find my blinking parcel? The answer is computer says no. Can you phone back tomorrow, Mr. Customer? Hopefully it will arrive. So I could talk for hours about what's wrong with customer service experience. And what I've seen from CX accreditation, it doesn't touch on those areas in the slightest. It doesn't tell you how to take a broken call center, and a badly designed chatbot, a CRM system not not linked to your ERP or POS. It talks about how to journey map, how to put in analytics and voice of the customer insight into your organization. And that is all well and good. But that, to me, calling that customer experience and then giving these people these accreditations and you see it on their profiles, hey, I'm CX accredited. Because companies now hire these people to fix their CX. And to customers, their CX is I'm stuck in a call center queue. Where the bloody hell is my delivery? And so I think just stop the CX accreditation because it makes people think they're addressing issues that they're not really thinking about at all. Before we get Colin's
1: opening arguments on that, let me ask just a, a clarifying question. Is the problem one of kind of false advertising that they're claiming like they may be teaching something of some value but the fact that they're calling it CX is is just wrong because it's they're not doing that? Or is it deeper than that? The fact that they're calling it CX causes a, kind of a distortion in what we think of as customer experience.
2: Yeah, it is actually incredibly deeper than that because I think the whole term customer experience, and if uh, we're going on a bit of a tangent here, but if you look at the... We love tangents. <laughs> the judge will allow it. And, and this, is not, this is not unknown water for me, but if you go on uh, LinkedIn, you'll see the same old 25 to 50 CX influencers who pedal CX and they peddle these accreditation courses as well. And they often charge people, Hey, I will train you. I'll get you your accreditation. They all talk about CX and I look on their profiles and there are exceptions like Colin, of course, but some of them I look at, I'm thinking, you've never even had a hands-on role where you know what customer experience actually means. So to me, a lot of these CX influencers, the people peddling CX accreditation they're they CX snake oil salespeople. They they are literally accrediting people just so they can fill their bank pockets out of the CX game. And I, I often think I'd love to take one of you, not all of you, but a lot of you CX the big names, put you into a company where it's badly broken. You're looking at two thousand contact center agents whose morale is through the floor because the calls in the queue are going crazy. They have no digital information. They they have no information to help customers. They're not empowered. I'd love to think one of you guys fix that. Then I'll respect the way you tell other people how to do CX. So yeah, to me, I would love to stop the use of the phrase customer experience. I Cause to me, it's like, what do you do? I do business. What, what do you mean? I do customer experience. What do you mean? Now, I'm very clear. I do customer service experience. I'm not going to do your brand or your marketing, but I would do everything about how your customers interact with you from digital to social, to face to face, whatever. That's what I do. So that it is is a CX accreditation is a part of CX and CX. I would actually say we should stop all all use of the phrase CX now. But accreditation is a part of that. Okay, great, thank you. All right, Colin. I think that the argument is a good
1: argument. Colin, you're familiar with the idea of a debate, right? <laughs> <laughs> I agree. It, was, it was very well put, Alex. It was very well put. Yeah. yeah so, we, so we just stop the podcast. Then? <laughs> You, you you, Brits, we can't get you together without you wanting to go out <laughs> to a pub and just settle it all. yeah.
0: Let me take a couple of steps back and let me go back to the accreditation because as usual, Alex has said a number of things there that are interesting. First of all, I think that we need to train people on how to do CX, okay? Now, whether you have an accreditation attached to that is sort of by the by. And I'm sure Alex is not actually arguing that we shouldn't be training people on how to do it. But I think the, the there is absolutely, and I've been doing customer experience work now for 20 years. And when, when Alex talks about taking the morale of all the people in the call center. It reminded me of my job at British Telecom, which was running 3,500 people, reducing the staff and trying to improve the customer satisfaction. So, And I believe all of that stuff so much that I called the company Beyond Philosophy, which is our company, Beyond Philosophy, which is to try to indicate that you need to have a philosophy. In other words, you need to have a strategy or or a thought process but you've got to go beyond it and do something. And this is where I think Alex and I joined together, is you absolutely have got to go out there and do things. So do I think that there are CX influencers out there or who call themselves CX influencers out there that have never really done a practical implementation and just talk theory? Yeah, totally agree with that. Do I think that some people are being trained in just the high-level theories without the practical implementation of how do you physically go about changing things? Then, yeah, I think there are people out there doing that as well. But if we go back to the debate, and by the way, Alex and I prior to this have agreed that we're not just going to stick to the debate because there's a number of things I think that Alex is saying is, which is, is interesting and, and, and I do want to discuss those things as well. And disagreement is good. Let me say that at the beginning. I think you've got to train people, but you've got to train them in more practical terms, okay? I'm just going to pick out a couple of things Alex said because, again, he's touched on a couple of things that, that I find annoying as well. So here's the irony. I find it quite annoying that I'm constantly in these awards, okay? And I know the only reason I'm in the awards is because they know that I've got a large following. And because I've got a large following, they're doing the awards just to gain notoriety for their, you know, so they come up with the top 25 speakers or a top 25 this or the top 50 this or whatever it may be. Why are they doing that? Well, because actually if they put all those people's names in there, then all that they do is that they, they tag them and therefore they get more followers for their product or service. So, again, I've got a lot of sympathy for that view. So if I was to try to sort of summarise this and, and bring it back to a debate, then I think that you need we need to be training people, but we need to be training people at different levels. You do need... That understanding of the theory, which is what we obviously talk about here on the podcast, but at the end of each of our podcasts, we go effectively the so what, which means, well, what in the hell is it that means I do? So I think we do need to train people, but we've got to train them on more of the practicalities of how you deal with some of the issues that Alex is raising, like the morale of people or how do you physically de- manage the the call queues or recently the amount of experiences I've had that are just so awful. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been dealing with the RAC, uh, Royal Automobile Club in the UK. I've been dealing with direct line insurance in the UK. Awful experiences. And a lot of it is down to third parties, down to... A number of number of areas, so I guess let me take a step back. I guess what I would say is you need training, and I do agree that some of the training is un- undoubtedly going to be bad, but it needs to be more practical
2: alex, anything i 've said there that you want to come back on or actually yeah no I know we 're supposed to be stark ends of the debate, but you point you 're touching on something that I posted many months ago that I think CX accreditation in its current format should be stopped, which is, um, I think you agree. But what I, I did suggest is what you just touched on, that you can't just say, hey, I'm CX accredited, let me add it. I think sure. you, get, you get your CX certificate and some of them can have like, they can get it within two days. So, But they put that on the badge and people think that makes them a CX expert. To me, it's just, okay, you're now a novice. You've got your learner plates and you're a grade one. To get to grade two, you now need to go and work somewhere for six months or just show you can yeah. implement the theory and then come back and do if you want to do another course or but it's like a, a football manager, and now they have to take courses, they have to get their badges, they have to go and work for a club for two years and they come back sure. and you can't be a Premier League football manager till you've done five certifications, you've got your badges and you've successfully worked in a football club for seven or eight years. So. Again, not all CX accreditation isn't wrong, but the fact that there are thousands, literally thousands of people that have been, A, trained by these people that, as you said, probably don't even have the ability to train them on what CX actually is. who then suddenly get, hey, I'm CX certified, and people think that's a badge of, of capability. It absolutely is not. I've read a theory, and as I said, if the CX, uh, and I think the point you touched on, if the people teaching or showing what CX should be actually understood what it's like in a contact center, a customer service team, Yeah, buy out delivering parcels, which I've, I've been out with guys delivering parcels. Yeah, That would impress me, but I don't think any of the people who talk about it have actually ever been in that side of the world, CX world. Yeah.
0: No, it's funny because before we were talking about this over the last couple of days, I've been thinking about it. And in my first job, I was actually in sales. And one of the things we used to say there, and I don't know if this is a, is this is just a British phrase. Uh, so, Ryan, you need to tell me. Does it involve the word crumpets? <laughs> it so, <then> yes. <laughs> crumpets are lovely, I have to say. Uh, but we used to say when we was when I was in sales was had your manager carried the bag, and what we meant by that was had the sales manager that you were reporting into. Actually, been a salesperson themselves. Oh, yeah. To actually know what it's like. So, again, I'm with Alex in the sense of one of the first things we do would be to go into a, the clients and go into the call center and listen to calls and talk to the people at the front end because there's what the senior guys tell you is happening. And then this is what is actually happening on a day-to-day basis. And certainly when I used to be at BT, one of the things I used to do was, in fact, is it to base myself in the call center, literally on the floor, not in, a, you know, in an office, because you could listen
2: to so many things that were happening and understand those things. I, I think um, if I can add another point, though, so let's assume – CX accreditation did include contact centers, customer service operations, those things. Even that would be wrong because companies now are still pursuing customer service experience strategies that customers don't want. I don't want a chatbot. I don't want voice recognition. I want want a WhatsApp stroke messenger style interface. So I want to go to a company's app or website, press a button that says, I need help. I want them to show me a very simple interface where I can say, hey, that thing I've ordered from you hasn't turned up. Can you guys deal with it? That is a completely different model in every way to every company we interact with. So Arno, first, can you tell us which order it is, Alex? You guys should know. I'm your customer. And when you say it's late, how late is it? You guys should know. You're delivering it. Uh, So you should literally, as a customer, be able to go in and just say, hey, here's my problem. Now you guys own it. You phone me back you or you mess, me, message me back. I think CX accreditation or CX practitioners, the guys that are the big famous ones, should be not just peddling the same stuff. And some of the names were great 15 20 many years ago and i don't disrespect them because of that and i, re- I respect most of them I, I don't value a lot of them but i think these people need to be pushing hey we need to be thinking differently again there's no challenger thinking so if, sure. if cx education was okay here's how you can get your organization to think differently about the way it interacts with your customers and even the um the stuff they do teach and i i I surreptitiously dialed into one of the, I won't name the person, one of the biggest CX accreditors, one of the biggest global CX in speech marks influencers. I was was Ahmed from Bahrain dialing into one of his courses and um, he, he was peddling voice of the customer software and these guys were getting accredited and then, but the voice of the customer software was teaching them how to find out nothing that would transform the company so the whole world of cx just needs to wake up and realize as you said our customer whether you call it customer experience or customer service experience they're so bad now so let's just stop all this peddling of cx and the same or and start again so when i say stop we need to reset the clock and wake up and, and smell the coffee is what i mean really
1: We've been running a feature called I'm in a pickle where our listeners send in the business problems that have been particularly tricky. It's been going great and we love hearing from people, but we want to do more.
0: So all that we'll ask you to do is if you've got a business problem, then send it to contact at beyond That's contact at beyond philosophy.com and be part of the show. We'll take a look at your problem. We'll give you our best advice. And hopefully that advice will help others as well. So don't forget, send an email to contact@beyondphilosophy.com. That's contact@beyondphilosophy.com. Ryan, unless you've got a question, let me, okay. let me take a sort of a, a diversion of this because I've been doing this a long time. And therefore, I've seen the industry around customer experience grow, and the number of people in the customer experience. And we can we can debate whether it's we called it customer experience or customer service experience. To me, it's it's you know it's neither in or there. We're talking ninety percent of it is around the the same thing. Recently, I've been really disappointed in the level of customer experiences that I've been getting. It just seems to have got worse. So we know from Nunwood, from Forrester, the stats that come out every year, that customer experience is either stagnating or going down, despite the fact that there's all this attention, theoretically, being put on it. Why do you think that is, Alex? Why do you think that organizations, despite the industry putting so much attention on it, organizations putting so much attention on it that it's not improving?
2: Yeah, I've worked with so many boards. First of all, um, the point you made is uh, the majority of executives in boards, they have no idea of the reality of what their customers go through. They, they, They get fed NPS by the chief marketing guy. Hey, our NPS is up four points means nothing to the customers who because NPS nearly always only surveys customers that have trans or bought from you so yep. I'm a customer that went to your website or phoned your call center it was awful you're not going to send me an NPS survey because I never interacted with you so first of all they they live in a, a little world of they don't know how bad it is but secondly I've also witnessed situations where they have said and this is I think the biggest point would well, you know what we could improve our customer service experience or our customer experience but we're in the airline industry or the utilities industry. It's the way it is with all of our competitors. So why should we invest in this stuff? And it is, there's always a why though, because the bigger frustration for me is they will spend more money on bad CX technology and bad ways of working if they did it properly in the first place. Instead of having, we'll put a a CRM bit of kit here, a contact center platform there, a voice of the customer system here, a chatbot there, AI there, whatever. And, And instead of doing that and saying, right, let's start with a clear customer experience vision and work back from that, that they don't think like that. They literally have, and the other part is the the span of control. There are so few companies that have a, a chief customer officer that actually is a chief customer officer. Like I suspect you and I would be, they're nearly always rebranded marketing people who have been made the chief customer officer and they don't know, okay, let me start with a a digital experience, a contact center experience. Let me think how that should be for a customer let me now give a plan to give our agents all the information they need. So hmm, that means they need CRM linked to our a resource management platform, to our stock availability. And they also need a culture where we don't measure them on calls per hour or chats per per hour. We measure them on owning the customer's issue and we empower them to do what it takes to put things right for the customer. Nobody thinks in that way. So the board will have the CIO saying, hey, we need to invest in Salesforce, Oracle, Microsoft, Siebel, Zendesk, whatever. I love the marketing guys saying, I've got an analytics platform. They'll have probably a contact center or customer service person pulling their hair out who doesn't get a voice. So there needs to be a chief customer officer and there needs to be a chief marketing officer. And I think the chief customer officer should be the chief customer service expert. And the chief marketing officer is the one who's the brand and marketing expert. And I see so few companies that work that way. They literally have created this role where it's chief customer officer is the marketing guy. If you're really unlucky, he'll get a customer service expert who just wants to rip their head off because they're stressed every day. So there's a few dimensions, I think, are, are what I experienced.
1: Let me ask both of you the same question. Since it sounds like there's, there's some agreement that at least some of these current accreditation programs are, are not really delivering the value that they should, what would you recommend to replace them? Let me phrase that a different way. These programs exist because there's a need, all right? And they've proliferated because this need is being recognized, which is that a lot of people don't understand CX. We don't understand CX, so we need some kind of outside body to tell us that the people we're hiring understand CX. And it seems like there's more or less agreement that could be improved as it currently is, or, or that it's actively negative potentially. So what would be better? Where could we go? Because the need's still there, right? Hiring managers, uh, senior executives, they still need to know whether the person they're hiring is gonna be able to do CX. So what would you propose?
2: Colin, I'll let you go first this time.
0: Okay, I actually think Alex mentioned it earlier, which is, so for me, you've got different sort of levels of people, okay? And again, if I look over my career, you do need to get people to understand at a top level what customer experience is about, okay? They need to understand it, they need to get it, particularly that more that it's not just a rational thing, that customers have emotions, okay? But then for me, once you've got over that sort of theory, you need to get down into the detail of, how to go about fixing it. And the bit that Alex mentioned earlier, which I think is is right. For me, if I was structuring this type of program, so if I went back at my, to my days at BT, how I would be doing it would be giving people some knowledge, yeah, but then going out and getting them to implement stuff and understand it. I would be getting them to go and sit in the contact centers. I would be getting them to, to run projects on it. I would be getting them to think about other experiences that they've had. And basically, for me, the best way of training people, it's a mixture of theory followed by practice, because that's the only way that it sort of seeps into people's brains and you can understand it. If I was getting somebody on now who said that they were CXPA accredited, I'd be going, yeah, okay, well, that's the equivalent of reading a book and getting a score. You may understand the basic theory of this, but do I think that you're capable of now going out and doing this? Probably not. That would be dependent upon their CVs or resumes, should I say. So for me, it would be, it would be that. It would be theory plus practical implementation, and that could take a couple of years, basically.
2: I agree with all that, and I would add to that. The most common thing I see from... The usual approach to CX is that there are CX practitioners. I'm not a practitioner. I I work in companies typically reporting to the CEO. Alex, you're responsible for our customer experience. So the contact centers report into me. The did store all of that reports into me. So I have line operational management, but I also have the the remit make our customer experience amazing. So so that's what I and what, what I think great CX accreditation course would be right. Okay how do you educate your business, first of all, of what CX actually means? And I find almost the hardest part in the first three months is getting the CIO, the CMO, the HR people, all of them to understand, okay, do you know what we mean by customer experience in this company? Mm -hmm. But to do that, then, as you said, Colin, I I wouldn't have gone and said what it means in this company. I would have spent two months going, and I worked for a, a logistics company that delivered half a million parcels a day I went out with the delivery drivers, I went to the depots at 5am, I went to the sorting centers at midnight, I went alongside the field sales guys who were trying to sell our parcel delivery services to John Lewis, Amazon, Argos, and I heard the complaints they were getting. And I realized, I can see why our customers are complaining to the contact centers that report pour into me. But I I can also see 100% why that driver didn't deliver at that address, but said he tried to deliver he doesn't have enough delivery information. and He's told he has to be there by 11. If he goes there by 11, he's going to be late for these next five deliveries. So there's like a technique to doing that. It's not random. So this is how you assess the CX opportunity or the the, the CX vision, how you create a vision in a company, not here's how you journey map. Because all that stuff, these poor CX practitioners, they're often, they're rarely people like me. They're, they get a CX manager job and they're put in a corner. There's maybe five to 10 of them in a huge company They're like little mouses. Hey guys, our customer experience is very good. It was like, whatever, whatever. Listen to marketing. We've got a great campaign going. So teach them how to build the case. And then, and then they can shout like lions, even if they're not heard. I started as an agent and I I got promoted because I kept saying, this isn't right. We should do it better. And I was in the structure, a tiny little mouse. So teach people how they can practically improve, well, first of all, build a CX practice, if that's one that they want to do, and teach them, as Colin said, how, okay, when you have a bit of the board's ear, you've got to show them how you can demonstrate how you can improve things. So are you aware, board, these big things are wrong, but I can prove it to you with this particular Case that actually proved because boards always want cast iron proof. Yeah, whatever, it's not that bad. Well, I can show you. Did you know that 25% of your customers that went to try and buy this product last week couldn't get an answer? So sure they didn't buy. That's equivalent to 20 million revenue you lost last week. Really? Tell us more. You've got to <laughs> teach, them, teach them the knack of that. If they go in and then say, hey, our voice of the customer had 12% detractors, whatever, you, it, there's a knack to teaching them how to turn it in, into the, the language. So yeah. that would be like the advanced level. But I completely agree. Teach them the theory, then go out and work in a contact center, go out with whatever, a retail store, and, and then come back. And it, it needs to be like a a phase of CX. And you could be a CX master once you've done these things for many years and you've won awards for great customer service in your company. That, that's, to me, what needs to happen.
0: Can I just disagree with you on one thing, mate? You can I could never see you as a quiet little mouse.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't know, I was, was the most pain-in-the-ass customer service agent in the whole
1: <laughs> So Ryan, I'm conscious of time, mate, what are your thoughts as the, the judge? Uh, well, this was fun. As to the central resolution of whether these programs should be abolished, I'm not sure Alex argued very articulately for that case. But it sounds like there there may be some value to the training itself. It sounds like the problem is in terms of the claims of certification. So it's you know it's better to know about journey mapping than not. The problem seems to be the idea that that sitting through a course for a day or two will make you a CX master or will make you like a fully certified black belt. So I don't know if we need to abolish the training, but I think where you two agreed was we really need to not treat that as the full story, as if CX is about learning two or three theories, reading half a book, and getting a certificate. So from that perspective, I'm going to declare myself the winner of this debate. <laughs> no, it was, this was a lot of fun, and I found it very interesting and very informative. So thank you, Alex, thank you, Colin, it was great.
0: Alex, thanks for coming on. I, I genuinely could carry on talking to you for, for a longer time, so maybe we need to get you back on and continue the conversation. If people want to
2: get a hold of you, Alex, how do they do that? LinkedIn, Alex Mead, Chief Customer Service Officer. I think I'm the only one with that title, or very few of us. My email, i tell you what, email address. Email me, at Sky.com. And no, I don't work for Sky. I get so many complaints from Sky customers. I've never worked for <laughs> Sky. I agree, it's not great. But don't email me. I can't fix it.
0: You'll be glad to know, Ryan,
1: that Sky are the cable company in the UK. Or equivalent of a cable company well if, you, company. if people have a problem with their cable company and you can't fix it you might actually work for that cable company i don't know whether that that <laughs> disqualifies you
2: but i do try to help them though. i put them in touch with the right people but please don't blame me for sky is all i'm saying
1: <laughs> good
0: so thanks very much mate genuinely for for coming on if you haven't read Alex's posts and i would suggest that you do uh, they are interesting I don't necessarily agree with everything that he says, uh, but that for me is the the essence of discussion and learning. Take a look at what he's doing. And thanks very much, mate, and we'll um, hopefully get you on at some point in the future. Pleasure. Great fun. Thank you. Talk to you all next week. Cheers. This has been The Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcasts. We look forward to talking with you next time on
1: The Intuitive Customer.